Welcome to The Looking Glass, a podcast exploring the relationship between people and their creativity. I'm Neil Cowley, and this week I'm talking to British rapper Speech DeBell. Speech famously won the 2009 Mercury Music Prize for her album Speech Therapy, despite being relatively unknown at the time. This catapulted her into the limelight, and she has since released two more studio albums, as well as moonlighting on Celebrity Masterchef, thanks to her passion for cooking and fulfilling roles in the arts in championing the plights of struggling artists. In addition to all this, she now also enjoys a very successful career as a voiceover artist. We catch up with her in July 2020 from her London home. It's your house. <laughs> what you think I might object to you smoking in your house? No, I'm just saying no. <laughs> like, I feel like when people are smoking, you can hear them smoking. Oh, that's all right, isn't it? Okay. I don't care. Okay. Smoking okay. what? <laughs> Wait, I don't smoke anything else, you know. What do you mean you don't smoke anything else? You don't, I don't smoke anything tobacco. else. Everyone thinks I smoke weed because I have dreadlocks. Um, right. So whenever people go to parts of weed, I'm like, no, they're like, what? Super offended. Well, you're, just, you're just smoking tobacco? Yeah, I just smoke cigarette, yeah. yeah. Weed does not work for my mental health. Well, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I know it is. I'm presuming I've seen you many times in the past on weed, haven't I? No. No. If not family have known each other, I wouldn't have been smoking weed. It's Okay. It's... it's, it's if there's been once, I, I know, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You you sat on a on a on a rocking chair outside the back of my studio yeah, in, can, in where I live. Smoking roll up. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I remember smoking weed. I promise you. I stopped smoking weed when I was like 20 years before I even done the first album. When I realised I couldn't I couldn't handle it, and right. that stayed. And on those couple of occasions, I smoked like in the house. You know what I mean? Like with a partner, it's super. If I freak out, they'll it, it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. like a tiny bit of weed inside, in 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 a you know a sick weed, mm. um, and and been okay. But nah, I certainly I, mean, I would certainly would be smoking in public. No way. No, no. I mean, I mean, you're you're, you're completely. Correct. I have the same affliction, really. Although through my twenties, I did it. It was just handed to me every day. Right. But, but um, it was never any good for me, really. Exactly. Right. Right. Never any good for me. I mean, I tried all various things. The only thing I think we enjoyed together when we saw each other last was whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you introduced me to that to that dope whiskey. I haven't had that in years. Lagavulin. Lagavulin, yeah. Lagavulin from the island of Isla, I-S-L-A-Y. Where's that? North of Scotland. North of Scotland. Highlands. Mm. I so, haven't had what, that in years. The last time I saw you, would that have been... That sofa sounds thing. Probably because that was about two thousand and that was the third album. So yeah, right. It's highly likely. Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot's gone on since then. I keep the first thing is I keep hearing you turn up on my TV screen. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> between everything, you've got a great voiceover voice. Yeah. When when did you realise that? How have yeah. you fallen into that? How that happened was um, somebody somebody from my an A&R from my record label back in the day 
And she has moved into advertising, which a lot of people from record labels do. Actually, I didn't realize that. Um, mm. They seem to be, they're, they're quite aligned industries, isn't it? Um, mm. And there was a, a, a H&M ad and it was, it was poetic. It was a poetic read. And she was like, oh, you know what? I'm, you know, I used to know someone like, you know, back in the day speech. I wonder if she, so she hit me up. She's like, I don't, I don't know if you do this, but there's this thing come up and you, I can imagine you doing it. So I was like, okay, cool. And I went in um, and I did it with great difficulty. That was the first one I did. Great, great di- difficulty because I have a pleasant voice. Um, and I've, I've been aware of that for uh, uh, many years, right? I'm aware that that is added. That's a very important factor to be a rapper, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. very, it's one of the five key p- pillars. Um, yeah. And But I'm not an actor, so right. it was very difficult for me. I remember that first time and then trying to understand in terms of delivery and cadence, right? Where mm. you have, um, with advertising, their pauses and their commas are in a completely different place than you would do as, as a, a vocalist. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Not me as a vocalist, but yeah. As a yeah, vocalist. but you know what I'm saying? Like the rhythm is just, it's mm. off. It's completely off. Yeah. There, is, there usually is no rhythm. And so it's yeah. just like, it took me a while to get my head around that, but from yeah, because you've got you've got to be aware of a lot of agendas when you're saying one line, haven't you? This is you know, it. There's a, a lot of agendas. There's someone trying to sell something. There's trying to someone trying to appeal to somebody, and then there's a certain person they're trying to appeal to, yeah, in a certain way without condescending, being condescending, or without patronising. Uh, there's a it. number of things. It's cheeky. It's very cheeky stuff. And like you're saying, it's there's an agenda. Um, and I think a lot that what's happened is because of the way culture has shifted in the UK um, to, you know, where you have people like Stormzy and, and, and LMA and those people have become the pop stars. Um, and it's a very, it's, it's a very black British culture that's at the forefront in terms of like what is pop music. And with that shift has come, has, is the reason why I can be a voiceover artist now because before when they were like, okay, my London, very London sound, very Caribbean parent sort of mother tongue that's just there would not have been acceptable before. But now that is what's used to sell stuff. Um, But then I still, I noticed though, they still, they kind of can't help it because they would still ask me to, they cut, you know, I'd go in, well, when we could go into places, I do at home now, but you go in and they'd be like, okay, so we want you to just, we don't want you to, we don't want an actor, we don't want it to sound like you're selling anything, we want this to just be you, we've heard your voice, just totally you. And then I'd give them a read and they'd go, okay, so can you do that line again, but then put a, a inflection at the end of the, and it's like, oh, okay, that's exactly what you want to do. You, you don't, <laughs> even when you think you don't, you realize, you you heard it, you're like, yeah, okay, that's not, it's not convincing yeah. enough. Yeah, 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 but 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 do you find that do you find it actually in a way liberating to be instructed in that way? Because up to you know, if you if you everything you've done up to that point has been your decision, hasn't it? Is yeah. that liberating in a way to, to, so that your voice is the vehicle, someone else's vehicle? Uh, liberating, perhaps if 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 it's if I think about the fact that yeah, I'm not, not saying liberating. Not, maybe, maybe I mean the, the, the liberating in the fact that you you care less. I was about to say. I was just about to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm not emotionally invested. Yeah. And there is some liberation in that because I haven't been able to make a song without being completely emotionally invested. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't. I don't mind what happens. 
Yeah, you see, this is I, I've, been, I've been trying to explain this to people that um, there are certain hats I wear. Mm-hmm. You know, I go and play for other people, as you're well aware. You know, I, and and uh, that's kind of how we met. We collaborating and stuff. But I, I go and play for other people, and uh, and there've been a few very famous occasions when I've done that, and people th- think that this is a massive part of my life. And actually, actually, it's just a fleeting moment. And actually, the liber- the liberation of it is that th- I'm able to say that I'm really good at it because I really don't care. Yeah. But the mo- the moment you say to me, "Do you like your own stuff?" I go, "Oh, yeah." You know, because I can't. I hate me. Oh, everything. You know, yeah. I just everything that I utter, everything that I decide upon, I go through hell. And then at the end of it, I really don't know whether I'm right. So but that's- if you tell me, you know. If you tell me to go into a studio and you just say, well, do this, I go, yeah, I can do this. I'm the best at it. Have some of this. And I leave and I'm quite happy. I mean, mean, is that the reason that karaoke singers seem to just walk away with just the ultimate confidence uh, every time? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Karaoke singers and... Are you you calling me a karaoke No, 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 no. no. We know you ain't that. Neil M.F. Cowley. We know you ain't that. Um, But just, you know... Karaoke singers and and uh, you know people that do like cover bands and that they're just wildly yeah. confident. Oh, they're always happy it. after the, after the, every song. They're like, "Yep, nailed." It. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right though. But I, I I do I I engage in that as a tonic. I've still mm-hmm. got a covers band that I joined when I was a kid playing mm-hmm. soul music. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm part of the rhythm section. You stick me between the bass and the drums, and I am yeah, so you're killing it. Yeah. cocky, yeah. cocky as hell. You know, yeah. quite slappable, really. Yeah, because it, all it does is require me to just do the the, the the apply the skills that I have. Yes, it doesn't it doesn't it, it ask me to apply. Well, it does apply. I do apply heart because I love the, the, it dearly. The ego doesn't have to be there though. It doesn't have to be there exactly, to try and protect yeah. you in case people don't like it or yeah. Because it's coming from you. It's coming from, like, really, really yeah. from you. And if people don't like it, then they're, ouch, yeah. that's going to hurt. So how, how does that then, um, when it comes to your own material, Yeah. How, does, how, how deeply does that affect you? And how often can you do it? Is it in, does it injure you when you do it? Do what? Do, do, right, do, create an album. Create, a pro, create an album for yourself. Yeah. You know, does, that, does, it, does it pain you to do it? Is there a pain? I've that? retired after every album. <laughs> right and I thought the last time was the last time right after the third album so after the album of the work and that on it and I had pack I was convinced that that last time was the last time more convinced than I've been any other any other time and right. like truly truly convinced to the point where I've, I started I'm a relationship manager in the arts council you know yeah. what I mean like I really yeah. thought my life was going to be different and I was mm. going to take, take a different path. And I f- think I feel like that after every time, after each time, because it's so tiring emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So I'm, it's, it's taking, it's pulling from every part of me. It's pulling from the logistical side when I'm thinking about, all right, well, even just to get to you, right? Mm. To get to you, mm. to, to go and work with you. And what day is that going to be? This is simple everyday minutiae, but in, yeah. I'm doing that with every musician and every mm-hmm. composer and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's pulling at me logistically, but then also it's pulling at me in a creative place where, okay, I've got there, I've pulled up, we're at the studio, all right? Mm. Parking, yep, yeah, parking. I put parking in the car, not another ticket, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, did that, right? You know what I'm saying? I ain't even started talking about music yet. 
Yeah, yeah. And you know, sat down, right, 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 cool. Let's have a whiskey. Let me get, right, what's my ideas again? Let it come through, let it come through. Right, right, this is it. And I've got to communicate this. I'm not a musician, so I can't sit at the piano and go, Neil Cowley, this is what I mean. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I've got to go, right, mm, how do I explain this? How do I explain this? Because I'm not, you know what I mean? It's not like I can be like, you know me, I don't know what chord it is. I don't know. Yeah. I know yeah. what it's not. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. So, you know, so it's like, it's, it's all of these things that are, end up, by the end of it, me being like, I could just sleep for three weeks. Yeah. But but then doesn't the, doesn't the whole nature of the process affect the outcome in terms of, you know, I find quite often, that, that, let's say you've got 10 tracks, those 10 tracks actually illustrate more the process of putting it together than any preconceived idea. How do you mean? How does it show itself? Well, well, uh, you know, like you're saying, it's about the parking, it's about the logistics, it's about how I can get to you, it's about how I explain myself. I find, I find, I find, like, just, I mean, when we worked together, when we sat down with each other, there was a, there's a discovery. You're meeting people every day. I mean, that's yeah. tiring in itself. You've yeah. got to introduce yourself to new people. We, you know, first time we met, we hadn't met before, and you, mm. there's a preconceived idea and a, like, a, a nervousness, and yeah. you know, and you drove down to where I live. Yeah. I'm, in fact, what, the second or third time you drove down to where I live, my dog was yeah. dying. Do you remember? I do remember, and I yeah. Gave, I gave you a bottle of whiskey and said, please, oh, thanks, yeah. Rich. I tried to get hold of you, but you, you might as well go home because the, the dog's dead. Oh, God, yeah. What a sad <laughs> day, man. It was, it was, but you know, all these things, all these, all these journeys, and all these logistics, as you say, they do become part of the process. They right. beca- they, 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 they reflect within the music. I think. Yeah, I think they do okay. reflect in it. I think it's like, like it's not fast food. It's it's a free course meal. That's right. From the from you know, even the very last stages of an album, when you're looking at mastering and you're looking at what order the songs will come in, even that in itself, even thinking about what order the songs will come in when you've decided on what songs it's going to be and you've really got to think about what kind of experience am I in- intending for people to have? Oh, I mean, album running order is oh, is the science. <laughs> it's, it, it is. It's a science. It is. Do you know what? One thing my, my A&R told me on, on the first album, he, he, he chose the, the running order in my first album. I had no experience of any of that. When, when yeah. My first album, I had no experience of anything. Um and he was like, you know, the best way to do an order is to do it as a smile. Right. Either a smile or a frown. Okay, but that mean... either concave or concurve. Oh, nice. Energe- yeah, yeah. Like move energetically. So you either start up here like this and you grab them. Yeah. And then towards mm-hmm. the middle of the album is where you're at the most. You have the attention the most. And is when you give them the most sort of intimate parts of you. Yeah. And then you say, okay, we're going to come out of that now. And then you end off with a bang. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's right. I think I've used that. I've used I've used that technique on every album. Um, well, I I've got into conversations with people recently talking about this. When you can, the discussion was when you can get away with two slow songs together, and that's like if you, if you've done your job right up to track six, you can yeah. get away with six or seven being slow. Yeah. But 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 three, forget it. No. You know, and yeah. if you, and you haven't yeah, and if you haven't set it up right, then what you know, there's like a chorus into track two of a slow one, and you've lost them. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. And especially now though, because like ah, uh, unless it's a particular artist, right? I know if Solange drops in the album, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to play it at the start and play it to the end. I know yeah. there's certain people, Masego, there's certain people that I'm going to do that. But 90, 90% of the time now, that's not the way I consume. And it's probably yeah. not the way every most people consume. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because this is going to be the first album 
when the, even the two the last album 2017 that was started probably like 2013 so it was still the back end of of moving into um uh the kind of digital uh you know the spotify's yeah. and the things like that it was still the back end of that so i didn't give that even that much consideration i'm still making an album to be consumed as an album this is going to be my first time making an album where it's unequivocally a playlist error I mean, that word playlist, yeah, that's a word that comes up more, more often than not now. You know, when you say album, people replace it with playlist. playlist. It is a different mindset. Yeah. And shuffle. yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, shuffle, yeah. And yeah, I've just put an album together and it was so <laughs> joyous to put it in an order. Yeah. You're right. You know, limited amount of people will listen to it in that order. Yeah. Um, but it, somehow it's important for the legacy. There's this sense of a legacy that you have for yeah. yourself. It's just to look yourself in the face. You, you mentioned the first, let's, and let's talk about the first album just for a moment because mm-hmm. you mentioned it there. I mean, no one can talk to you on this level without mentioning the Mercury Music yes, Prize. I mean, that, that in itself is a phenomenon. And I've spoken to you on that about that on a personal yeah. uh, note a couple of times and you've always been super positive about it and you're and, and you said something which i really really st- stuck with me and i went yeah damn right you went uh yeah of course i'm glad i won the mercury music prize what would you rather not <laughs> yeah. you know would you rather as a person would you rather not win yeah. the mercury music prize <laughs> now, screw the talk about it being a, yeah. a, a, a a poison chalice no yeah. i won the mercury music prize you can't take that away from yeah. me i mean do you still feel that way absolutely everything yeah. i do oh, now like i just said when you're talking about voiceovers and you're like I, I, i'm hearing you on my tv all the time i would i be doing that if the person who didn't introduce me to voiceovers because i was a rapper that they knew mm-hmm. it's all aligned whatever whatever the branch of the tree it's all coming from the root it's all coming right. from the source and mm-hmm. the winning the mercury even the thing is right <laughs> i knew that mm-hmm. I knew I got a very stark reminder of what country I lived in when as soon as I was, oh, as soon as I was, um, uh, what's the word, when, you know, you've got your, you're one of the 12. Oh, yeah, well, as soon as you were nominated. Nominated, thank you. Yeah. I got a very, a straight away reminder. I know, you know where you're at, right? And that was because I was, I was doing an interview and they were like, I think they may have asked me, what's my chances? Do I think my chances of winning are? Because remember, at that point, nobody knew who I was. It was like, they, it was just this complete left field. I don't even know who this artist is, much less them being nominated for Mercury. I didn't have any kind of pop songs or anything like that. I wasn't all over the radio. So they were asking me what, my, what I think my chances were. And I thought, and I said, I th- oh, I, I think I'm going to win. Gonna go. Oh, that's a big mistake saying what? that. <laughs> They were like, we are British. We do not say that, okay? It was the most offensive thing I could probably have ever said in, in all of the offensive things I've been saying in my career. That yeah. was really stood out as I kind of, people would like, you know, articles and posts, like, I cannot believe she said that. And because I said that, they would take that and use that in other articles and other articles. And I'm, so I kept getting asked this, like, you said you, you're going to win. And I was like, yeah. But what I, the thing is as well, what I didn't, the thing is about how this industry works, and this is different now because we have, you know, you have people that have just set up their own website and people like Geldem, that's just a group of, like, queer and non-binary and just all this diverse groups that are now saying that we control our own media. And that wasn't the case then, right? It was very classic mm-hmm archetype colonial forms of media and so what I didn't 
have the opportunity to do was explain why I said that. Because, you know, back you do an interview, the interview lasts for four minutes, they get the sound biter off. And even right. if I speak for ha- even if I speak for ten minutes, they're only going to use one sentence, and they're going to use a sentence that's going to be the most triggering, which of is course. the "I'm going to win," right? Yeah. And it wasn't until later on where uh, these other forms of media came about, and I got to explain why I got to that point, and people would be like, "Oh wow, oh okay, that makes sense." Because when I'm, when we were making the album, and we made the album in 2007 in Melbourne, Australia. Um, that's crazy in itself. It is crazy, right? Wayne Lotech. Uh, it's crazier than that, right? Wayne Lotech is 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 the person who uh, who lives in Australia. He's a producer. I'm, I met up with a couple of producers in the early mm-hmm. stage, and we just kind of the first time we linked, we made the track called Searching, first time, yeah. and so it was very yeah. This is the guy. This is who I want to work with, and mutually. Um, and he was like, "But I'm going back to Australia. I was only here for like visiting family." And so the label were like, you know what? Flights are not that bad. He has a spare room. It's a home set up. They, it's it, like the album was made for three thousand pounds. You know, it was a right. budget album. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went there and I spent six weeks and we made the album. And we were in the garden because you know in studios you can't smoke even a cigarette. Most studios you can't even smoke a cigarette in there. You know, people's people's equipment. So we would go into the garden and have our smoke breaks. And I was saying, yo, wait. I just had a vision. I just, I just saw myself walking up and collecting a Mercury Music Award. Now I was aware of the Mercury Music. I was aware of that award, award because of Miss Dynamite, who won it some years before. That's right. Yeah. So that's what brought it into my reality. Like, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like I imagined. I imagined it. It felt like a real, real tangible vision that I just had and I'm saying explaining it and I'm explaining it, and then they called my name and then I walked up and got the award and he was like okay <laughs> oh okay cool <laughs> and we spoke about that the day of the award show because he was there yeah and I said wait remember I said to you I had a vision he was like I know I remember and I was like I'm so glad you remember because no one would no one would believe me if you didn't remember you're the person now that makes it official yeah I'm not making this up Pete you know what I mean and he was like no I remember I thought he was I didn't think he was like I don't think I don't think you realized what you, we were trying to do with three thousand pounds because he was like this is no one's gonna hear this right because it's on a it's a budget album on a tiny label where there's a million other people doing what we're doing right now and so he was like she thinks that she this she's going to be the one okay i'm not going to take that from her right mm-hmm. so for me when by the time the albums come out right that the first single came out in december 2018 october 2018 2008 sorry Eight. spinning yeah, yeah. Mm. it came out 500 copies of a white label by January, I was still at my full-time job. By January, I was having to do my interviews and on my lunch breaks. And what I would do is get them to pay for my lunch, right? So I'm doing interviews with, like, right. Guardian newspaper. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, cool, mm-hmm, yeah. Got to go back to right. got to go back to work. Yeah, yeah. February is when I did my first show. So first time performing my own music with a band in 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 man, I can't remember it's the venue, but it, it's a venue that a lot of people do their first kind of their first run in. And um, that's when there was a, 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 I got my booking agent because he had turned up and he was like, I'm a booking agent at Coda. I'd love, I was like, I don't know what any of this means, oh, yeah. but sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool, come on board. And then, so this is happening 
And I'm thinking about it and I'm starting to do shows now and I'm doing a show in Old Street and there was this woman there at a show and she was, there was, uh, Buddy Love came on and she was rapping every word. And I'm watching, I can see her. And then after the show, my manager at the time come up to me and she's like, you see that lady that was rapping at the front of the stage? She is one of the people that choose the 300 um, albums to be a part of the Mercury. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so this is the first time Mercury's come back up again since I've had my vision. Mm. And so I'm saying, oh, that's interesting because I, okay, this is feeling familiar. Yeah. Familiar is in, you know, if you believe there are uh, parallel universes and things like that. And, and so now I'm feeling like I've traveled into a parallel universe or something across the wires are crossing here. I'm saying, okay, that's interesting. So this is happening and it's speeding up. And then so by the time it gets to me being nominated, why would I not think that I'm going to win this award? Right. You've seen it in the runes, in the stars. Why, yeah. why would I not think that? For me to mm-hmm. not think that would actually be going against who I am as a person because mm. ultimately if I believe that the universe works in signs and symbols, which I believe it does, I feel like I've been getting a couple signs. <laughs> so then I'm going to turn around and say, no, 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 I'm not going to ignore them. No, 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 no. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to lean into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if it's for me, then I will collect. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving that moment because you were given the perfect moment to be so British at that point, having, having had all the signs and, uh, and to go. No, I really don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, let's stop playing around here. I'm, you know. And as well, this is a different time. Now, this is 2020. We've had internet for a long time as well. People know that this yeah. is that. It's just, that's, it's, it's bullshit. It's nonsense. Mm. You know what I mean? It's nonsense. You, you, say you, you, you say you had a full-time job at the time. What yeah. were you doing? Market what researcher. Doing? Okay, because around that time, I mean, the, when I look at the sort of, what you were up to at that time, you, you've been homeless, am I correct in saying? Before that, time? for a couple of years, Before I was that. in hostels. Um, yeah. Me and my mum had they- a big argument. And yeah. we were arguing for years, actually. Um, we had mm. a very classic, like, mother, teenage daughter episode. Yeah. Good four years of that, where we were just, mm. it was screaming matches. We couldn't communicate. And but again, that that, that fed later stuff, because you ended up on BBC Four, I think, talking about homelessness. Yeah, I, did, uh, yeah, I presented yeah. the documentary. And the, the thing is, as well, in that time is when I, is when I wrote a good portion of that album. Mm. So this, the album starts off, I think, with searching 2 a.m. in my hostel bed, eyes them red, belly ain't fed. I got butter by you, got bread, and I'm smoking on my last cigarette. That was me in the hostel mm-hmm. being like, I don't want to call my mum and ask her for money. No, nah, I'm not doing that. And, but I don't have I don't have any. And this, the, one of the people who lives in the hostel had some bread in the freezer, and I was like, I'm just going to go and take a slice. You know what I mean? And then that was like, all right, yeah, I might as well write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're at the pit, you're at the bottom of the bottom. You might as well write, write. This is a good time. But I mean, that's very obvious when you listen to the, when you listen to also lyrics like um, uh, "Daddy's Little Girl." Yeah, you know that that's that's very very personal and seems to sh- sort of shed a light on t- on your family situation. I mean, it, I'm presuming everything about all these lyrics are personal. This isn't yeah. role play, correct? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, "Daddy's I mean, Little Girl," right? I had. I, had, I wrote that in, I think, in some kind of episode. And the reason I say that is because I remember sitting down, and that was the time when I used to write with pen and paper. That was before phone notes and phones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember sitting down to write that song, and I think I got maybe two lines in, and then I just felt like I blacked out. 
And then when I kind of came back to, I was looking at four, uh, I was looking at like four pages of words that I don't remember writing. And just and I, it was just one of those moments. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'm not sure what happened there, but okay. And it went into the file with the other songs. And so when it came time to do the album, I'm looking through. Oh, okay, here's one, Daddy's Little Girl. And I was just, I've done, I've done the track. I knew it was in a particular tempo. Because when I'm writing this at that time, when I'm writing the songs, I, can, I know tempo, I know what kind of sounds it is, I know the vibe, so I could explain that. Wrapped the whole track on like a just a tick, you know, a click, right. and then we started building up around it. And oh, right. okay. yeah, and then I w- was in a meeting with my A and R when we were talking about what songs were going on the album. And he said, oh, and he was that daddy's little girl. And he was like, man, I wonder what your, 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 your family would think of this song. And I hit me like a brick. Right. Because I'd never up until that moment realised, oh, yeah, I'd never even considered what I'm saying here. Really? I haven't considered what I'm saying, much less what other people are going to hear me say. Like, my, I'm talking about my siblings. I'm talking about how it is when I look in my siblings' eyes and they have the same eyes as my dad and it hurts to look in their eyes. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah. And that was the first time I got, I had, and I was gripped in fear of like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. See, I, I find, I find, yes, I, I'm very interested at the point which you decided to to make that brave move, and clearly it wasn't at the beginning. It clearly yeah. it was subconscious up to that point. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you should say that because I've got a similar situation in my family. I, I was, I was um, a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was my dad's secret for mm-hmm. well un- until he died yeah and then when he died I introduced myself to my brothers and sisters yeah um and that was a big moment for me and, and at his funeral I looked into their eyes and saw me reflected yeah. in there and yeah. I saw my dad yeah so I understand that experience mm-hmm. but whether I don't I don't lyricize so I don't get to sort of put that into words and and the question I have for myself is would I but you did but it's interesting that then you suddenly came to a point where you went shit I'm gonna do this yeah yeah. Because it's because I never because I mean even because when I was writing and when I am writing as I've got older I, that's I've probably tapered that that first album I don't think you're going to ever hear me as as brutally honest as that first time right. because I'm I've learned I've learned one of the toughest things for me to have to go through was the fact that I spoke about my mum in the first album and how we argued and right. that now lives in the world and there isn't really any context to that it's just a mm. statement and people hear that statement and come to their own conclusions I haven't really given her a voice in terms of her truth in the situation yeah that's very true I haven't caveated it with anything yep I wasn't talking mm. about the fact that she was screaming at me because I was out on the road doing the things I wasn't supposed to be doing she was trying to protect me as a mother in the best way she knew how and I was rejecting that and I so I didn't explain any of that I just talked about and and I got kicked out (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. and that's all people have and as as I've grown I've grown and my relationship with my mum has has mended and that's my greatest regret in life right I was going to say that I mean do you look back at that? Are you annoyed at your naivety in that sense? Exactly. Exactly. It's it's my only regret I can think of in life, honestly, that I would say if I could take something back. Because that was my me being naive and not understanding that we share experiences. We don't have a solitary experience with anybody. It's a shared one. So therefore, what I 
take as that as this, you did this to me, you did that to me. It doesn't even exist. Mm. It's not even real. It's just some mm. stuff I made up because I'm taking from the shared experience pieces and then telling you a whole story or telling myself a whole story. Yeah, yeah. So, so you talk about your mum, but you, you obviously we have your dad. I don't know your situation with your dad. If you don't mind me mm-hmm. asking, what's 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 the situation with your dad? My I, my situation with my dad is he, he. My dad was a DJ. That is where I've come oh. to in my therapy. My dad right. was a DJ, and okay. the reason I say that is because I had to give. I had to understand my dad's story to understand how I've been affected in a way that I've been affected. And it's right. simpler than it, than I made it when I was young growing up. It, abandonment was all I understood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had abandonment. And I had, and I didn't know anything about him. So all I had was this huge story that I've made up about the possible reasons why the fact that, Oh, he's my siblings. He's dad to them. He's not dad to me. And all of this stuff that I made up and through therapy, it was like, but who is your dad? There was there was a point in my in with my therapist. I'll never forget it. And he and I'm talking about my dad. And he goes, wait, 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 wait a sec. Is your dad alive? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he's alive. And he's like, do you know that the whole time you've been talking about your dad, I thought you were talking about someone that passed on. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, with that ambiguity. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, okay, we definitely have work to do here, right? We definitely have some. You're getting your mortgage paid for a couple of years longer. It looked like. <laughs> Um, and it was the beginning of me having to understand that he's a human being and he has a story. And unless I understand that story, I'm never going to have context to why I have had the experience I've had. Mm. And so that's why when I talk about him now, he's around. I just saw, I was just talking to my dad the other day. And what, on the phone? On, on the phone. I was talking about him about, we were talking about one, because my, my brother passed away. So we've been in contact since my brother passed. And that has kind of got us into a form of communication. I mean, when my brother passed, it's the first time my dad's ever phoned me in my adult life. Um, wow. Maybe, maybe when I was a teenager, once or twice he might have called. But I'm 37 now, so we're talking a lot of years. Can, can I can I understand your um, when you mentioned your brother? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm aware of this. Um, can I understand uh, your? Does your father have like what I would call what I re- I refer to the other family that my dad had as his core family? Does he have a core no. family? And you're one of the no no okay. no 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 no. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's it, his story is way simpler than that. My dad right. was a DJ. Right. He never had any preference. He never had any, there was no special treatment. There was no right. core. There was him living his life. And we're talking about in the 60s and 70s when in black British culture, the DJ is the, the person who sets everything. What people would do was congregate, right? You yeah. kind of, it wasn't safe to just walk around. So community, yeah. community-wise, you'd, you'd always have house parties. That was how people got to be able to see their cousins and stuff like that in a safe place. And so he's the guy that is controlling the music. And he's going around London doing that. That's right. his story. So all he, right. if, he's, if his interest is in women, he's, this is his life. He's just living his life. He's not thinking about, oh, I, I'm, it, I'm Corinne over Delroy, Jasmine over Sabrina. Yeah. What? He's not even thinking about our mums. You understand? He's just traveling yeah. around playing music, Lincoln Gala. Right. <laughs> right. That's what he's doing. Okay. Right, yeah. And his story, so is it, 
So, so have you got lot? So, have you got a, um, a blood brother or sister, like pure um, non half brother or sister? No, my mom only had Everyone. my mom only had me. She didn't want to have any others after me because she didn't want to have. Uh, um, That's just like yeah. me, you know. That, that, yeah. This is uncanny, actually. It's just like me. Yeah, my my mum told. In fact, my my dad was wandering around, you know, the UK being a piano player. So yeah. <laughs> These musicians, and, man, goddamn! Yeah, yeah, I tell you, I tell you what, you know, and 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 he had four kids. In well, he did have a family. He had a wife and a family, and he had four kids, and they were twenty five years older than me. Do you think there's more that you're aware of? Yeah, I think there's more. Yeah. I think there's more. Yeah. But well, he's gone now. He's passed, so yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. I. So. So. Yeah. It's interesting. You had that little unit with you and your mum. That makes it very intense, and it also means when you fall out, when you rebel in your teenage years, and you fall out, that's also intense in the opposite direction. Oh, definitely. Because I, I think I took out a lot of my abandonment issues with my dad, with my mum. You know, there was probably mm. a lot of in 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 a, in a un, um, in the in in a mind without the toolkits, I probably mm. would have been. Um, resentful the resentment I had towards my dad would have kept been coming out towards my mum you know like where in a way when you kind of start taking or start understanding that the, the individuals in your life are not are just playing a part in your story and for you you've mm. got to you've got to look at them as individuals not these kind of my dad abandonment do you know what I mean it's not these like it's not these, they're not huge clouds and, and made up, uh, uh, um, you know, like anime characters. They're real yeah. human beings. And you, when you start breaking it down to just them as individuals, it kind of start going, ah, oh, okay, so what you're saying, it was just this, this and that. Okay, well, that means that I can just, probably it's probably a good time to like change the narrative then, I guess, if that's all it is. <laughs> that's really what it is is a narrative oh okay so I might as well just change it right let me just change right. the narrative let me just be like oh okay I guess it's time for you to have like your guilt and shame guess it's that chapter right. of the book and it becomes not so loaded and heavy so you've had a hell of I mean funnily, funnily enough again it's, it's, I keep sort of strangely drawing parallels but I lost my half sister at the beginning of this but not mm. To coronavirus. Yes, same, um, same. She, 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 oh, is that the same? Yeah, with your, yeah, it wasn't with corona with your brother. Yeah, it wasn't. No, what? it wasn't corona. Oh, yeah. Okay. What happened with oh, your right. sister? What, what was you going to? Oh, she, she was. Um, she was. She'd been struggling with cancer for years. I mean, she was. She was in her late seventies because she's so much older than me. Right. Um, but she was. Uh, we, you know, obviously, we met. We met fifteen years ago, mm. uh, and it was just an immediate connection. I, I, yeah. I knew that I, I loved the heart of that. Yeah, name, you know, and I, and and uh, her name was Glennis. Yeah, very old style yeah. name, you know. But she was cheeky and naughty, and um, she when there was a big bust up when the family met, and there were some. I have a half brother who rejected me and just went, "No, I'm not having any of this." Mainly because his wife was like, just she wanted to ensure that he did reject me. It was it was complicated. Yeah. But she she immediately stood up in in front of him and just went, you know what? I've been having an affair for the last twenty years with a married man in America. So up yours. You know. So uh, lots of skeletons came out oh, of closets on that day. Boy. 
Yeah, family. But um, so I lost her at the beginning, and I had one of those horrible. I mean, I don't. I, I as I understand it, you're about to undergo this, but we had a horrible. Um, actually, it wasn't horrible. It was gorgeous. We had a funeral where we each had a corner of the chapel. Um, and then we sort of all stood in the car park and threw kisses. Oh, was it a COVID funeral? It was within, yeah, Yeah. unfortunately she died uh, in February or or early March, I think it was, and by the time it happened, we were deep in the heart of the whole lockdown. So we had to have separate things, and then a bunch of people stood in the car park, and we all sort of, we all, it was was hard because we're a huggy family, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was just desperate to hold them. And Mm. um, so it was, it was a horrible time to go through it, but, so you you know so I I thought it was COVID that, that got your brother, but it wasn't in fact. No, my brother was in in dis disease <laughs> himself right. for many years. So my my brother was um he he struggled with with like you know like like me he struggled with mental health. You know what I mean? And and right. like me he's he's used he used things to try and mask that. You know, and that was what eventually took a toll on his body. Um, right. you know. Like even you know me smoking a cigarette and drinking my wine, this is just a form of that, isn't it? It's just a form of it's a suppressant, really. Um, and yeah. some people go so far that it's just it's it, it it's it, they can't get out of it, you know. Um, yeah. But you mentioned something other when you were talking about your, your when you met for the first time, and it made me think about my first time meeting my siblings because I didn't grow up with all of them. Yeah. And one thing I noticed is that I fell in love instantly with all of them, without even. It's just, a, it's very unconditional, isn't, isn't that it? Lovely? It's, yeah. yeah. It's very instant. Yeah. I instantly well, fell in love with my siblings mm. the first time I met them and looked at them, and it was something I couldn't have no control over. It was instant love. Yep. Mm. And it's remained that way. Yeah. I, I think that's an incredible thing you've just highlighted there. I, I hadn't thought about that, but it is true. It's, it's something actually more rewarding having to wait 30, as I had to, yeah. I had to wait 30 years. Yeah. And then I sat down on the chair and I crossed my legs and my half brother who I just met crossed his legs and someone shouted, <laughs> look at the pair of you. Yeah. You're crossing your legs the same way. And instantly you thought, oh my God, there's someone there. Mm. You know, and I, I was a, an only child. Yeah. I knew about these people. They didn't know about me, right. but I knew about them. What a burden for you. That must have been a burden. It was a burden that I wa- that that I wanted to. I just wanted to. My dad was never going to tell me about his half of me. He was never going to say, "This is what I'm like. This is how I just thought. He, this, this is was why." Not I did. A man of many words. He no, he was a man of many jokes. Ah, so yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Every week he'd ring up from the red telephone box, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he and he put ten p in the in the phone. He'd ring us up and he'd tell a joke. He'd he'd piss himself laughing at his own joke, and then the pips would go, and then yeah. he'd be gone. And I didn't speak to him again for another couple of weeks. That's all I ever got. Wow. A procession of procession of jokes. Wow. Um, obviously, he would he would say more detailed things to my mum. But, but Neil, can I say something? The time that we've known each other, we spoke every time we talk. We talk very honest and openly. You right. you got that streak a little bit. The joke man. The joke man. Oh, okay. Avoidance. Yeah, you got. I noticed you got that a little bit. Because sometimes we'll be having a conversation and we'll be talking about something very emotional, right? And we go there, and then you'd make a joke. And I have noticed it. And I didn't know until you said about until you described your dad. I was like, oh well, okay. That's kind of. Well, I hope I haven't joked through this because this no, is no, 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 no. I'm not saying that you are live your life in avoidance, but I know that sounds familiar in the way that I experience you. A little oh, piece of that sounds familiar. 
I agree with you. I, I do find uh, the thing is, uh, on one hand, I do find everything funny. Yes, but then, I, but then on, on, on the other hand, funny. everything is funny. Everything is funny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but on the other hand, yeah, you're right. That 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 can be detrimental if if um, uh, I, I'm actually I I. It's it's interesting you say that. I do like to think of myself as someone who you can say anything to and will say anything back. Yeah. Um, I wonder why on occasion I've done that with you. Maybe I was just getting to know you. Maybe there is a, there's a, there's a, yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, it, he, it, it's mm. not, it's not. You're right though. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. And he, and he was the same, you know, he was, he was, I think worse, much, much worse. Just everything was, a, but he was like gags. You know, yeah. I don't tell gags. I can never no, you're remember. Funny. You're just a funny person. There's a difference. You're not well, like, you're so not, much. you're not like, you're not, a, you know what I mean? You don't, I don't think you write the jokes man. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So he uh, th- that was him, and and I, so I, I going back to the original thing. I wanted to understand the other half of me. Yeah. So I I needed. It was two weeks after his funeral, and I rang my half brother. I said, "Hello, is that Paul?" And he went, "Yeah." I said, "My name's Neil, and I'm your brother." And he went, "Oh, right. You better come round then." <laughs> so I, I, I love it. So I went round. I love it. Went round, and um, and uh, yeah, I met the other half of me. And do you know what? All the angst of of from from the age of naught to f- say 14 my mother made sure that i had what felt like the perfect childhood i was never lacking anything yeah. then all of a sudden puberty angst rebellion yeah. hatred yeah. vitriol blaming my dad blaming my mum yeah. and then that the day i met my brothers and sisters was the day that just went and i was worried about it i thought i might lose my thing i might lose my little yeah. my little uh, chink in my yeah. in my dna that that makes me create yeah. and i was worried about it 6 months after shit i might have nothing left now yeah. i've got no angst and actually that it's didn't not, happen yeah it's not true is it yeah it, it didn't happen yeah. i mean you've you've never encountered you've that's never happened to you you've never sort of found a cathartic moment and thought oh I might lose something. You know what? This album is, is this album is different for me, and I, it mm. feels different. Think, you know, just in what I've experienced in the last couple of months, like what, I'm, what I've explained to you, and not only mm. is there a global pandemic happening at the same time, and and mm. these things are happening, and I've had great triumphs as well in this time. Um, or not just triumphs, because you know, you know, uh, um, making an allegation was a triumph for me, but things that didn't have to were so heavy, just. Oh, that was nice. I've had some wins as well, as well as losing my brother. And um, I, I'm in a very comfortable place right now. Mm. I'm comfortable as the woman I am, as the spirit I am. I'm comfortable in the place that I live. And I'm not, you know, a lot of people have suffered through this pandemic in terms of their career, in terms of money. For me, it's been a smooth ride, right? It's in terms of yep. stability, it's been there. Mm-hmm. And I was, what's happened automatically without me, I didn't choose it this way, but I'm starting to, I'm getting pieces of music and I'm listening to it. And then I just start freestyling. So, boop, this is what I've done so far on this album. Press hit record on my iPad on the voice notes and just freestyle the whole tune, the chorus. Da, 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 the verse, blah, 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 the chorus, boom, stop, and then left him. And then nah. l- listen to another, oh, I like that, boom, another. Right now I've got four songs that are just freestyles. I have not put pen to paper at once. And I think what's happening is that where I've gone before, yeah, I'm a writer, I'm a rapper, I've got my story, I know what it is, I've got the narrative, huh, yeah. So here's the sit down, this is how it's going to do it, and this is how that 
what you're saying in terms of having that little, oh, that's my character. I'm going to use my character flaws. And, you know, yeah. this is, mm. I'm going to paint this picture. How lovely. Um, <laughs> where I'm not doing that, there's no need for all of these things to be in place. There's no need for me to be like, okay, so this song's going to be about this. It's none of that's there. I'm just listening to pieces of music and go, I've got a song that I freestyle called Curry Mutton. And the whole song is me talking about how I make my curry mutton. I've never made a song like that before. And because I'm, I'm listening to it and I played it to my, my friend, she was like, yo, that's, this is powerful. And it's powerful because it's the simplest thing in the world. I'm just talking about how I make my favourite dish. And that's what yes. makes it powerful. I'm not, it's not I this. I totally visualise it. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And mm. so this album, what I'm, I'm making now is like, I'm realising I'm not, it's, it's I'm removing, I'm getting out of the way. Yeah, uh, uh, totally. I was going to say, I, I think you're, what you're saying to me is you, you, you almost feel that you've become a more proficient creator, more natural, and therefore you don't have to think. You're just a vessel. Thank and you. maybe all that, all that mattered all along was the music. And, yeah. and actually you, you and I would say the same for me, have just been getting in, in the way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the issues that, like I've been getting in the way, man. This is, I'm so looking forward to this album since it started because it's just so far, it's been the, the easiest album I've ever, I've ever made up until this point. And it's probably going to continue to be that way. There was somebody, I had a list, you're on that list. I wrote down the list of people that I'd want to work with. And I said, right, here's a list of people. And I started at the top. I think I texted you or emailed you or whatever. Are you down? You said, yeah, yeah, I'm that busy, bit busy, but I'm down. Cool. Neil's in, bam, next one, bam, next one. <laughs> and I got to about the seventh one, sent a message, didn't get a response. So, okay, I might come back. I might do. Because remember, I kind of, I'm out in my own way, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to call you two, three, four times. I'm not doing all that. So I said, I might come back. <laughs> right? Then I messaged him again just to make sure. And he was like, oh, oh, I, I, yeah, your, your messages are not coming through. And I was like, oh, okay, did give, oh, okay, cool. Because I wasn't going to give it a third try. Yeah, because I'm getting out my way, and as long as this is, there is no, there, there's going to be, this is going to be with ease, because yeah. if I'm not in my way, then no one else can't get in my way. I was the yeah. biggest problem in in all of my the situations I've ever been in. I've been the issue, really. Right. <laughs> you know, I've been the issue in it. I'm the I'm yeah, the yeah. common denominator. So I'm like, I'm not getting in the way. This is going to be just with ease, and mm. that's just to the point where I'm like. It would be maddening for me to, before, to be like, all right, this song concept, and this is what the song's about. Okay, so I've got to think of the right music to match this song concept. And I'm pulling from the ether to try and get this idea done, when ultimately all I had to do was sit there, drink some wine, listen to it, nod my head, and move my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love what you said about the curry mutton. To, to me, that's that, that's a really interesting fu fusion. It's almost like, you know, we talk about genre, f fusions of genres, but actually these are fusions of you mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're sort of, because I know how how strong you feel about food. That's <laughs> been evident because you're on, you're on <laughs> Celebrity MasterChef yeah. and all bloody things, you know. So, but 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 I, I get that it's the same passion for you exactly. in food as there is in music. And almost it's... It's a really, it's it's quite a symbolic coming together of your brain that you should make a song like that, curry mutton, yeah, yeah. and and then it and then because of your experience, because of your your ability, it then becomes 
uh, a metaphor. The whole thing becomes just it a is. metaphorical you know and almost, yeah, <laughs> you know and, and you and you and you almost don't have to really say that yeah. much, as you you know, you, the suggestion becomes bigger and bigger, and it's the bravery to to make it about the suggestion exactly. or what the things you don't say than it is to you. Like you say, you got to get everything out in the first few albums. You got to say it all. You got to get your anger off your chest. But in this case, no. But so, yeah, that's also maturity as well, isn't it? That's also maturity. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. it's not like. It's not about the argument. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to argue anymore. No. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Either you, yeah. either we can come to an understanding, or we cannot. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. Maybe we need some space. How about that? Maybe we just need yeah, some time I, but, and some space. You know, <laughs> but I think that. But I think that about you. I think you're quite a peaceful soul, really. I can be. I've grown to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah you can be belligerent. I know. Yeah. That, but, but but I. But I am generally I peaceful. Think- yes. But uh, you know, I only have to. I only have to have one look. I, I tell you what. I, I, there's something I saw. It's it's not going to what you expect. Uh, something I saw of you that you posted, and boy, did it inspire me. You you don't know. In, I think it was in the middle of a, the coldest of winters. You turned up in Zanzibar. Yeah. Just wandering around. Yeah. Getting I, I excited wanna... about your about the place you'd found to live and the, and the the wildlife around. Oh, that looked good. That yeah, looked so I, good. that was my first solo trip. That was my right. Zanzibar. I went away for three weeks. I had no plan, and that was the first time I've ever done that. And that was the first time I realised I have some burning issues that need to come to the surface. I'm this, okay. I'm being consumed. I'm being consumed right. by my own unspoken truths and my own pains and things like that. And and that was me going get on a plane, go. Where are you going to go? I was watching an episode of Anthony Bourdain and he'd done an episode Tanzania and then he also visited Zanzibar and I was watching it. I said, like, yeah, that looks pretty. That looks mm. pretty. I'm going there. Mm. And that was kind of the start of me going, being alone in a place I didn't know and recognising that the difference between loneliness and alone and recognizing how lonely I've been when I've been around people, and you know those cliche things, and me actually mm. realizing that in the reality of that, and being okay, yeah, I really, really need to be alone for some time. Mm. And then, and then that's just what I started to do on a regular basis. I started to just pop up, I see somewhere and go, "Yep, that's the place." Don't know why, that's the place. Mm. And then spend three weeks there alone, and then come back, and that was. When I started to do that, and that's when I, when I would come back, I'd be like, maybe there's, I might need to see a therapist because I'm noticing that right. when I'm out there and I'm alone, I'm having all of these thoughts, and then I get back here and they're all gone. Everything goes quiet because it's so loud and I can't hear myself anymore. And I'm like, oh. I'm realizing that I'm keep doing this go away thing just so I can get, I can get quiet in my spirit and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that did happen. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I do have things. I do think about this. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that come. My dad, I still haven't had a conversation with my dad, really. And I'm thinking about the fact that at some point my dad's going to pass. And I've got to have this conversation with my dad. You know, all of these things. And so coming back and then going, okay, maybe I need some help. Because there's stuff happening here. I mean, do you think that you your your lifestyle as – as does mine, it, it, it allows you to, to go, to have the freedom to go away and find those things. Do you think almost you chose your lifestyle in order to be able to find that part? Of you? Because you do have the, you do have the liberty to be able to, yeah. I mean, we don't at the moment because of the lockdown. And yeah. that's one of the things that really makes me angry is I don't have the liberty to just get up and go yeah. uh, or go and play yeah. or do a gig. But, 
do you think that in a way you subconsciously chose a lifestyle where you could go away and do I that? Chose that's where you find your head? I chose all go of it. I chose all <laughs> of it. And I'm aware of that now I chose, I chose to be a rapper just so I could say things to myself that I needed to hear. I was never comfortable with like when I, when I won Mercury and I became like, I was, I was out there. Right. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, a, a pop star of sorts. That was really uncomfortable really uncomfortable people looking at me and asking me questions. Yeah. I just couldn't understand. To me, it was like, how did we get here? Mm. I didn't even really have an answer. And that was really uncomfortable. And it, and it, it wasn't until later, a lot, a, a lot later in my life when I could look back and, and I could say, Oh, I, okay. I, can, I became a rapper because, all right. I had these things happen as a child and I need to express and, Oh, okay. Here's a chance. Here's me writing poems. And then also my dad has abandoned me. Right. And my dad makes music. Oh, what's a good way of getting his attention. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What's a good way of getting me on the piano. Oh, what's, yep. a good, what's a good way of getting his attention in, in, without realizing, you know, he did yep. music. I'm going to do music bigger than you've ever done it. <laughs> you know what yep, I mean? <laughs> yeah. I did the same on the piano. Yeah. My dad was a pianist. I did the same yeah. thing. I had, to, I had to be better than you him. You understand? Yeah. Like chasing. We're yeah. chasing them. You know, we're yeah. chasing them. Um, so I did it all. And like you're saying, I did. I, 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 I've picked a career that meant that I can do that. Yeah. I can. Mm. Even at Arts Council, I've picked the one place that, that a musician can work and be like, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to be away for six weeks. I'm creating. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. I was wondering. I think the one place yeah. that I could do that with. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's not, I can't think of many other places that people work in an office and they could be like, yes, yeah, so I'm just going to be away for a little while. Or I can say to my line manager, no, I can't do that meeting tomorrow because I'm doing a voiceover. I mean, I feel bad for my line manager. He tries, man. He tries. <laughs> he tries. He's done some, he's, done, he's told me he's done some training though. He's done some training since I started. Yeah, some training on like, techniques and stuff, conversational techniques and that. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said, well, look, mate, look, I'm j- I've just looked. We're we're bang on an hour. Mm-hmm. That's been the most wonderful conversation. I love talking to you now. I, I love talking to you. I really do. It's been um, it, it's strangely like looking in a mirror. Uh, yeah. You know, emotionally, there's a lot. There's a lot of similarities, and and um, I wasn't aware of that before this conversation. So that for me has been extremely cathartic. Yeah. Um. And um. Yeah. So I I guess I guess that's. That's it for us. Nice one. But, um, well, it's I not it for us, you know, because I'm sending you some. No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, payback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I look forward yes. to the day when you can come to my studio because yes. I, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I'm in my studio here at Metropolis, and I want you to come over yeah. and um, we can pick this up musically and otherwise. Yeah. Uh, that would be I nice again. I always do enjoy that. We have a good. Um, we always start. We, it always comes out with something really special for, for every time we work yeah. together. There's always a absolutely. I think her, I heard Pack is my favorite song off the last album. Oh, fantastic! Uh-huh. And I, I can sit out on the uh, on the stairwell with you and enviously watch you smoke as I used to. Yeah, uh, oh, and yeah, I look yeah, forward yeah. to that very thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well yeah. done, because you've been. That's a wild yeah, age. Hey, listen, I've got a gun to my head. Yeah. There's no choice there. That is tough. Well done, man. <laughs> Thanks to Speech to Bell, and thanks to you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.